Comprehensive, relevant, and insightful conversations about health and medicine happen here on MedStar Health Doc Talk. The best way to a person's heart is through the wrist, at least according to the experts, when it comes to a cardiac catheterization. Today, we're joined by two cardiac interventionalists to talk about accessing the heart through a small catheter placed in the wrist rather than by the standard approach of going through an artery in the leg. Welcome, Dr. John Wong, Chief of the Cardiac Catheterization Lab and interventionalist cardiologist, Dr. Anthony Kaliadin. Both practice here at MedStar Union Memorial Hospital. I'm your host, Mike Shu. Welcome to Doc Talk. Mike, thanks for uh, inviting us today. The uh, radio heart catheterization is something that was developed uh, decades ago but has really lagged behind in use in the United States compared to other parts of the country and world. We actually started our program here in 2010, and unlike going in the artery in the leg, we actually do the whole procedure from a catheter placed in the wrist. And this really has uh, a couple of distinct advantages. The first is it's much more comfortable for patients. Instead of actually having to lay flat after the procedure, they can sit up right away. In addition, it's also a much safer approach and the risk of having uh, any major bleeding or vascular complication is essentially zero. When you go from an artery in the leg, although major bleeding or vascular complications is not high, it's about one, one and a half percent, sometimes that can be life-threatening and we can reduce that to zero. From life-threatening to zero? Yes. Dr. Kaliad, that, that has to feel pretty good to be uh, to change the odds like that? Yes. Um, <clears throat> when we started um, doing this procedure, um, you know, many years ago, uh, it was met with a lot of skepticism um, in the community about, you know, is this kind of like a gimmick? Does this actually work? But the the studies have borne out time and time again that not only is this uh, a more comfortable patient uh, experience with doing this procedure through the wrist, but it is also safer. We're actually saving lives by actually going through the wrist, um, especially in the setting of people who are having heart attacks and very sick patients that come through the cath lab, both from reducing complications like bleeding and vascular issues. It is uh, really um, changed one of the game changers in interventional cardiology. Interventional cardiology, describe what, what does that mean? So an interventionalist, we are proceduralists who uh, do minimally invasive procedures involving the heart. So that can be anywhere from, um, you know, going through the arteries and fixing blockage in the arteries. Uh, we also do other uh, more involved structural heart procedures, replacing valves totally from the inside through the blood vessels, uh, through just a, a small needle going into the artery. Um, so we have a wide gamut of procedures that we do, and we're all able to do it without any cutting, uh, which is what was kind of traditionally done in the past. Um, and we have uh, really, um, the field has evolved you know, over time. Dr. Wong, I wanted to ask you a question to back up a little bit of what what would necessarily bring a patient into the the cardiac catheterization lab. Yeah, it's a great question. You know, I think the the what patients would be the most familiar with is when they're having a heart attack or if they have chest pain. So, uh, if someone's having a heart attack, 
they come to the cath lab usually as an emergency. And a heart attack is when one of your blood vessels that feed the heart is 100% blocked with a blood clot. And what we do is we go in the wrist and we put a small catheter and we actually go across that blockage with a small wire, open it with a balloon, and then place a little metal scaffold that looks like the complex version of the spring in your big pen called mm-hmm. a stent. And we prop open that blood vessel. So if you ask what patients think interventional cardiologists do or the cath lab, that's what they're thinking about going to that, the uh, cath lab for a stent procedure. Um, you know, but Dr. Kalyan's right. I mean, this field has really evolved it, beyond just coronary stenting uh, or balloon angioplasty. Sometimes we use these uh, interchangeably. Really, it's evolved to a whole nother field of structural heart. We're able to take care of many other disease processes in the heart as well. So that's really the role of interventional cardiologists. But I want to just make one point uh, about radial catheterizations, which is that the question oftentimes people ask me is if it's better, why doesn't everyone just do it? Yeah. And um, it would seem so obvious if it's better for patients from a comfort standpoint, and there's essentially zero complications, why not just do it? Well, the reason is, is because it's actually uh, harder to learn how to do it from the wrist than it is from the groin. And most physicians historically learn how to do these procedures from the groin, from the femoral artery. It's only really been in the last decade or so, there's been a huge push in training programs to teach the younger physicians how to do it from the wrist. It's certainly more challenging to learn how to do, and in the beginning takes more time. And that's been really the hesitation for some physicians to adopt this. To give you an idea, the average percent of stent procedures in the United States that are done radially is well under 50%. Mm -hmm. Estimates are in the 30, and if you're a a lab that does it, maybe 40%. In our lab, it's nearly 90% of the stent procedures are done through the wrist. And that's because physicians like Dr. Kaliadin, myself, and my other two partners, we've adopted what's called a radial first approach, which means that every patient that comes in, we evaluate to see if we can do it from the wrist first. And if we fail on the right side, let's say their blood vessel is too small, we'll go on their left side. And with that radial first approach and having physicians dedicating to really learning this craft well, we and our cath lab at MedStar Union Memorial have achieved a 90% radial rate for stent procedures. I would imagine that's fairly high in the country as far as... One of the highest. It's really hard to get much higher than that, Mike, because um, this is also not a contest to see who can get the highest. There are some patients where it's going to be better to go from the femoral artery, but the vast majority should have it done from the wrist. So this type of catheterization started with the femoral artery Why? Because it's larger and it's easier to access and when things weren't as miniaturized as they are now, but... Yeah, so the big problem was uh, we didn't have um, the dedicated equipment to do radial catheterization. So if you look at the history of radial cath, um, people were doing this as early as in the early 2000s, um, and it was just uh, scattered operators throughout the country. They actually got trained... They went to Asia, they went to Europe, they learned from these like little communities of, of interventionalists who were starting to do these procedures. 
And then as this picked up steam, the uh, technology advanced and we started having dedicated equipment for use in the radials, which has made the procedure uh, easier as we go on. So we have special sheaths and uh, IVs that we use that go into the the wrist. We have uh, kind of smaller catheters that we can use to deliver our equipment uh, to where it needs to go. And even very complex cases, which 10 years ago, people would have said, wow, that is, um, you know, they, they wouldn't have even dreamed we could do these type of procedures. We are doing those procedures day in, day out, every day through the wrist. And um, it's, um, there's no question that it's better. Technology and training and, and, and comfort all had to evolve. Yes. The, one of the questions is I know sometimes that these stents that are put in, they, you know, they have coded in drugs to do different things. Are, are those also able to be inserted with this type of procedure? Yeah, so, you know, it's, um, uh, you ask a good question. Nowadays, um, essentially any stent that's put in is a drug-coated stent. Mm -hmm. Um, Back before drug-coated stents were developed in 2003 and 2004, when they were first FDA approved, we had what were called bare metal stents. We didn't know they were bare metal stents. We just called them stents (laughs) because there were no drug-coated stents. And we found that the reason why people re-narrowed these stents is because they developed scar tissue. So they were coated with a drug, and then we developed what are called drug-coated stents. We're on the fourth or fifth generation of these drug-coated stents. They've gotten really, really sophisticated. They're very thin, the metal. The polymer, which is what the drug is embedded into, is inert and doesn't cause any inflammation. And the drugs are extremely safe and effective at preventing re-narrowing of these stents. So there was a period earlier on when drug-coated stents were first developed, there was the thought process that bare metal stents were safer in patients, particularly ones who couldn't take aspirin and maybe a medicine you've heard of, Plavix, uh, for Mm -hmm. the required time frame. But now with the advent of these newer generation drug-eluting stents, it's clear that they are safer and better even than bare metal stents. And so nowadays, you'd be very hard-pressed to find anybody that gets a stent that's not a drug-coated stent. So absolutely, they can be put in uh, through the radial artery. So in, in researching this, I've heard the phrase radial lounge. Who can explain to me what that means? Yeah, so um, one of the things we wanted to do is we sort of transformed the patient's experience in coming to the cath lab by making the procedure a little um, uh, safer. Uh, We make it a little more comfortable for the patient. Um, But sort of like what we always dreamed of and envisioned was to have sort of a place where, um, you know, patients could go and sit down in a nice um, kind of lounge-like atmosphere at, before and after their procedure, almost like akin to an air, airport sky lounge um, where you would just come in, um, you know, you don't really, you're not in a really hospital environment. Um, because we're going through the wrist, all patients have after we're done the procedure is a little wristband. So the radio lounge came about as sort of a vision to kind of make the experience uh, a little less formidable for patients coming in, make it a little less scary because, um, you know, patients that come in when we're dealing with people who have heart problems, um, they are very sort of, um, you know, this is this one of the scariest things they're dealing with. And we want to make that experience better for patients and sort of have a, an environment where 
you know, they can heal and recover after their procedure. Um, so uh, our typical patients that come in, um, you know, they are kind of checked into our radio lounge. It's almost like an airport sky lounge. It has a big recliner. Family members just sit right next to the patient um, who's coming in. Um, they get, you know, any blood work they need done right then and there. Um, they come uh, over in a little wheelchair to our cath lab that they're having the procedure done in. Once the procedure's done, they just have a little wristband. We actually help them off the table. They're able to walk because you don't have any catheters in the leg. Um, back in the, you know, when we a lot of femoral procedures were done, people uh, way back in the day had sandbags and stuff and people mashing on groins. And, you know, and this was a very scary procedure. So, um, you know, people who uh, have had procedures like that and then have had a radial procedure there, are, Doc, I never... <laughs> I want you to always go through my wrist. So, um, so the radio lounge, um, you know, it's it's just a nice atmosphere. Um, there's uh, kind of snacks and things like for the for family members and patients, and and really they spend just uh, two or three hours there um, after their procedure and then go home. And it's a uh, it's, um, it's a really great experience. And our patients that have come through love it. Yeah, it really it really has transformed the whole <clears throat> model of care. I mean, if you you know, I've had patients tell me this reminds me of a waiting room for me getting my car serviced. I mean, that's what the feel is. Like Dr. Kaliadin said, there are these lounge chairs where patients um, sit in and recline in and they don't have to be completely flat. And uh, to his earlier point, a lot of patients say after they've had a heart catheterization from the groin that the worst part of the whole procedure was dealing with the bleeding and laying flat for six hours afterwards. So there's none of that. But in addition to that, um, there is that cafe where patients can get up, walk around, get a snack, something to eat. There's a big TV and a common seating area for family members, a place where you can charge your iPhone, iPad, do some quiet reading. And so this whole area is a much friendlier environment. And we feel truly that if patients are more relaxed in this environment, they're going to recover faster. The other point to make here is that because of this radial program, we, you know, let me back up for a second. Traditionally, after you had a stent procedure, especially one through the leg, through the femoral artery, the fear was that you had to uh, watch them very carefully overnight because you don't want them to have any delayed bleeding from the leg. Mm. God forbid someone gets sent home and they have bleeding in the middle of the night from the femoral artery in their leg. That could be catastrophic, yeah, especially yeah. in an elderly patient. With the advent of <clears throat> radial catheterizations, and remember I said earlier, the vascular complication rate is essentially zero. And even if there is some oozing from the site, it's so easy with one right. or two fingers to hold it, okay, that we have embarked upon this journey of same-day stent discharges. So I would say at least 30%, if not more, of our patients now that get a stent procedure, if they have a good support system at home and it, they're done earlier in the day, we're sending them home the same day from the radio lounge so patients can recover in the ultimate comfort, which is their home and not in the hospital. So by getting it done from the wrist, it also opens up the avenue to be sent home the same day, which trust me, is uh, very much a patient pleaser. I love how uh, proud you all are of this and that you're that you you know, you look, looking for the patient and what their experience is going to be like. It, it, you know, because so often in medicine, the patient sort of fits into the mold rather than tailoring the mold to help fit the patient. 
Right. No, that's been a big focus. And that's, we want to make the, uh, we, of course, the most important thing is a uh, perfectly uh, done procedure, number one. And that includes making it uh, 100% as safe as possible. And that's where the radio fits in. But beyond having a perfect result and have it be completely safe, which is our goal, the next highest priority, of course, is the patient experience. Sure. And so that's it's a high priority. As someone who had one of these done just for a look around in the heart uh, about, I think it's probably eight or nine years ago, um, I did not have it in the wrist. And I'm, I this sounds fantastic because it wasn't unpleasant, but it, nor was it something I, pleasant, whereas this seems like something that in a couple of years you have it through your wrist. It, it's so not invasive, you might kind of forget about it because it, it wasn't, there wasn't traumatic or there wasn't a lot of fear because, you know, the patients, they don't know kind of what's happening a lot you know, of senses. You, you know, this is, I hear this a lot. I always tell patients that uh, a radio catheterization is easier than going to the dentist to get your teeth cleaned. And, um, you know, if you want to go on uh, uh, MedStar Union Memorial's website and look up a short video on a radio catheterization, um, this procedure in real time, if there are no blockages and we're just taking pictures, like in your situation, is typically done and it takes anywhere from five to seven minutes to be done. Yeah. And patients don't believe it when we're done. They're like, you did it. You looked at everything because they just can't believe that it was that straightforward and simple to do. And so you're right. There is a lot of education that has to be done. Patients think of um, the worst case scenarios when they're talking about a heart catheterization. Yep. But, but watching a video of somebody going through a radio catheterization and how quick and simple it is has reassured many patients. And, and Dr. Kaliadin, the the case was something like this. Are, are they are they awake during the procedure? Yeah, for <clears throat> for the most part, our patients are do get sed some light sedation, but there are times um, we need uh, some sort of audience participation. We need them to take <laughs> a breath or uh, do something in order to get our catheters uh, seated where we need to go. But but generally, um, most patients they just feel a little bee sting and then some pressure, and that's the worst of it. There are no nerve endings inside the body, so patients do not feel us when we're taking pictures of the heart arteries. So, And the best part is after they're done, you know, the restrictions. You know, after going through the leg, I'm sure you had a lot of restrictions. You can't lift more than right. X number of pounds and do this. Now, for, for some of the guys, like I, I see like their wife is sitting next to them. I, I joke with them. I tell them, hey, you're all, he's off trash duty and dish duty uh, for a couple days right, after right. the procedure. But, but these are just like minor things that we have after, um, after uh, they're done. But, you know, look, uh, ultimately all roads lead to Rome, but we think the radial approach is, is the best approach and in the hands of skilled operators who know how to do these procedures. Yeah, the, the whole idea is to increase the quality of life. And, you know, even, even something like this, with the, uh, it makes a procedure easier on the patient. And, and other goals, medical goals are being achieved as well. All the better. That's fantastic. Uh, what is on the horizon? Uh, you, you, you've, this has been introduced and is going really well here. Is there anything else out there that is going to change catheterizations coming down the road? Well, I would say when it pertains to radio catheterizations, they're constant, uh, constantly developing new tools that's making this even easier and faster to make sure that the adoption is as high as at a place like Union Memorial, 90% for stent procedures. 
Um, and so as they develop better catheters, more hydrophilic catheters and IVs to put into the wrist, the continued miniaturization of all of our products that we put in, that is certainly going to help the adoption of this. But, you know, one point, you know, you mentioned is, uh, is that, uh, and we talked about it earlier, is why, why wouldn't everyone do this? And, and um, I think for patients, when they're considering having this done, it's worth asking their physician if they do it from the wrist, because it really is a different experience. And if not, uh, potentially seek out a place that does have the experts and has the experience, because it will transform your experience. You know, to what Dr. Kalyan said, patients have had it multiple times, especially through the wrist, because they need, let's say, a subsequent stent. A lot of times, the second time, since they know what to expect, they don't even want any sedation. We just use literally a tiny little wheel of local lidocaine, and they're having a conversation with us. Because really, the first time, it's not pain. It's really patients are anxious because they don't know what to expect. That's really what it is. Yeah, no, that, that makes that makes perfect sense. The one other thing as far as the uh, future technologies is that we also, Dr. Kalyan and myself, um, as well as our other partners, are involved in the structural heart cases where we're doing TAVARs or transcatheter aortic valve replacements. We're also involved with some clinical trials looking at replacing the mitral valve, which is the next frontier. And, of course, we put... Um, a small mushroom type device in the left atrial appendage in patients with atrial fibrillation that can't be on blood thinners. So we do a lot of exciting structural heart procedures. And now we have incorporated using the radial approach during those procedures. Now that doesn't mean we can put heart valves in through the wrist, not quite yet, but we are using the radial approach as the other arterial access because with all of these other procedures I named, Typically, patients had their blood pressures monitored by an IV in the femoral artery. Mm. And again, when we looked at our bleeding complication rates, it was always from that catheter that was placed in the femoral artery. So now what we do is we use the radial approach for the catheter that needs to monitor their blood pressure, and we are able to minimize vascular complications even in our more complex structural heart procedures. We've been talking with doctors John Wong and Tony Kaliadin at MedStar Union Memorial Hospital. Doctors, thank you for sharing your expertise here on MedStar Health Doc Talk. For more information about cardiac catheterization lab at MedStar Union Memorial Hospital, call 410-554-6550.